You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today... We are talking about a player that I have not talked about in a while because he's been injured, and that is T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell has been out for almost a month. We have no idea what's going on with this team because Brogdon's been out for a few games now, but McConnell's been out for almost a month, and because of Brogdon's injury as well, we've really seen that effect kind of snowball on this team. Other guys have had to step up in the energy department, but the point guard rotation minutes have been poor. I want to talk about how much this team is feeling his injury and if they need him back soon. So joining me on the other line, to talk about miss, missing Mr. McConnell, a man who you've probably heard talk about the Pacers just as much as me. Find his work on Basketball News, Fear the Sword, 1.37 p.m. and tag the role, Mr. Mark Schindler himself from the Indy Corners pod. Mark, how's it going, man? I am tired. It has been a uh, it has been <laughs> a long week. Uh, yesterday was Christmas. I think it was like the first day of relaxed in forever. And I still feel <laughs> just as tired because now I, I caught up in everything I missed yesterday. But it's been a good week, man. How's everything on your end? Yeah, a lot of a lot of Christmas making this hard. We're recording this the day after Christmas before Pacers Bulls. Uh, so we won't know how much the impact is felt in that game, but trying to talk about some stuff that is kind of evergreen around this time. And I've really noticed recently, especially as Wanamaker has filled in more, what this Pacers team has been missing with McConnell, which is interesting because with with him on the court this year, very reductive stat incoming. With McConnell on the court this year, Pacers have not Looked awesome, right? Minus four net rating, minus 60 raw stats. Terrible defense, like 113 or 114 defensive rating. And yet, without him, you know, obviously you're missing a backup point guard, but Wanamaker can't do as much. They can't play the way that Rick Carlisle wants to play. Guys getting deep in the paint and kicking out as much. Other guys have to step into different roles. So now Keelan Martin's playing more or whatever. They're missing a lot more than you think for a guy whose minutes are negative. And I think we've seen that really hit this team hard recently as Wanamaker especially has had to play more minutes. Yeah, I think one of the ways where it's really interesting is, uh, like, I mean, one of the things that's been brought up a lot that I've seen from fans uh, is the idea of playing Torrey Craig and um, and O'Shea together. Because routinely, I mean, we rarely see O'Shea and Torrey share minutes, uh, other than in the Houston game. And part of that's how many guys were out. Um, so I think when I look at that, it's, I mean, you're, you're just missing a ball handler. And even with, uh, you know, like now – Jeremy Lamb has been playing, I don't want to say a lot more recently, but it's hard to not play Jeremy Lamb because, uh, I mean, Torrey and O'Shea just can't dribble at that level or, or really create right. at the same level. Um, so I understand, like, fans' gripes with Jeremy Graham, with Jeremy Lamb because he can be – if his shots aren't falling, it is it is tough to, 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 to grasp straws at, at how he's necessarily impacting the court. But, I mean, there just aren't a lot of players who can handle the ball outside of – Karis, Malcolm, and, and Jeremy Lamb right now. And that's why we're seeing so much of Brad Wanamaker and why you're seeing a lot of the team really missing T.J. McConnell. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, one of the stats that I wrote about with him when I wrote about his injury right away is drives. And that I don't know how exactly good NBA's drive data is, but just generally going off of what we can see, I, I think it matches about, yeah. about right. He's at 11 a game. That is the third most on the team. After him, the next closest guy is Duarte at six, right? So they lose a bit, like just to contextualize how much 11 is. That's what I think they've been missing the most with him specifically is like, 
Like why not, like the guys you just mentioned can dribble and Jeremy Lamb dribbles, but he does not get within eight feet of the rim. You know, yeah. sometimes I guess if he gets normally, the nail, it's a good day. Yeah. 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 But he's good from the nail. Like he'll shoot mm-hmm. that and make it, but yeah, he, he's not setting anyone up or getting in close and Wanamaker's not getting past the three point line. And Jeremy's not going to play in this game. We're about to watch. So we'll see what kind of impact that has there. But you know, in terms of actually bending what the other team is doing, Lavert does well at it. You know, he's filled in well as, at, at starting point guard now recently, but in general, they don't have anyone to get to the basket. And even if their defense suffers with McConnell on the court, like the numbers generally at least suggest that they do, they don't have that guy to kind of get them buzzing. And even if the numbers with him on the court are negative, they still shoot the ball pretty well with him in there. 55% on twos with him in the game is, is really good, right? Like they're able to get good looks from two. He hits those cutters well. He gets guys coming in off of the wings pretty well. And that's where I think like a lot of bench guys have been suffering too. Like Keelan Martin's efficiency just suddenly deteriorates when McConnell gets hurt. Like that's not it's magic to me that that kind of separate and they don't even play Keelan anymore. Right. So other guys have suffered because they don't have his drives either. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even even before TJI injured, we saw a real transition to Chris Duarte running more of the bench. And I think especially with TJ gone and he I mean, he salvaged a ton of possessions early in, in, in the season before he got injured. Um, just doing, you know, like it obviously wasn't hitting at the same clip this year, but he's still an elite finisher from that like little eight foot one uh, one legged backstop uh, into a into like a mini jumper like he's fantastic at. And that's that that boys a ton of their half court possessions. I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd imagine turnovers are higher since he's been out uh, just in watching. It feels like it for sure. And part of that is like you're mentioning. I mean, Chris is really popped in some ways I didn't expect as a pick and roll ball handler, but that goes in both directions, you know, in terms of somebody (laughs) who's trying to learn the ropes with that. Um, So I just think you really miss the stabilizer there. Uh, And and especially just talking about drives, like even if he's not finishing at the rim, I think like similarly to Malcolm, like somebody who punishes the baseline like he does and just makes the defense even have to reset. Like so often the Pacers will get into the half court and then, like, yeah, guys will move on defense, but they're not really shifting in a way that's opening anything up. Like, there will be probing drives, but nothing that really collapses the defense. And, I mean, TJ drives so hard and does everything with, as, as Carl likes to say, force in a way that really <laughs> does uh, cause any kind of movement in the defense. And that just – we just routinely do not see that with the bench unit right now. No one moves at all. <laughs> like, like yeah. – like at all. And, you know, Wanamaker really, and and this is always how injuries go. Like sometimes you say, oh, the guy, the, the backup can fill in for the starter at least decently, but the third string guy has to step up and that's where the problem comes in. And that is super true with this. And Karras mm-hmm. has kind of mitigated this because he switched positions to, to save this problem. But those games where they were playing Wanamaker 22 many minutes, <laughs> 22 yeah. many minutes. I mean, like I get that he can organize them to some extent and, he had a little stretch where he looked a little better because he was just keeping it simple, which is good at times. But even with him on the court, like their three-point percentage, basically exactly the same as with McConnell. Their two-point percentage, 5% worse with Wanamaker running stuff because he can't create anything. It's just whatever happens, maybe they get a good shot, maybe they don't, right? And he himself is miserable. Wanamaker's at 36% shooting the from the floor this season, not from any spot. That's from the whole floor. Like he just can't do anything. So I think that's kind of why you see the absence more. Not necessarily that they don't have the guy who can drive and and make other guys break down or is this pest on defense and get those inbound steals. All that didn't happen as much this year. Or 
you know, can can weave around picks, whatever, like McConnell could. He can't do anything, right? So the gap is so big that you're kind of really noticing it in in that, okay, all these other guys are really struggling now. Or like, okay, their their half court defense is is having to work a little bit like two seconds harder because he's not pressuring the ball handle. Like all this little stuff just adds up and up and up. And then they have to sub more. Or there's more fouls. Like Lavert had foul trouble in their last game because he was playing more point guard. It just it all kind of connects, and it's just if you had the little rat out there, it would all look a lot better. Yeah, um, it's really tough too because I think something that doesn't get talked about enough, just from a fan perspective, like it, um, like TJ's decision making is so important for what the bench does, and it's not like like yep. the, the drives are important, but it's what he does from there. Um, like just the one, the one that sticks out the most is the game against uh, the Bucks. Going into halftime, when when Brad Wanamaker has George Hill on him, and gets Drew Holiday switched onto him, and then isolates and, and finishes out the shot clock, um, like that stuff happens pretty routinely. Not like to that level. That's just like a microcosmic view of it. But um, yeah, it, it's it's painful. And even when that does happen, like part of it too is I'm sure they didn't expect him to look like this athletically because he <laughs> had a little yeah. bit more. Like I. Personally, I, I was very confused by the signing when it did happen. I understood wanting to get a guard, but like he was not he was not great last year. Um, and I think I don't know if we're gonna talk about the defense, but even like that's I think you see it as, as much on defense too, how much he just doesn't really have any juice going downhill um or really in any direction. But uh yeah, it is it's very tough. Hey guys, one quick little break to talk about the good folks over at Truebill because do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because it is a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make it hard to cancel subscriptions. Truebill makes it super simple. Link your accounts. Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And you have a Truebill concierge available to you when you need them to cancel those unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. They have over 2 million users and have helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Definitely tough. A defensive we haven't even talked about, like, their bench defense right now is is so so bad. Like yeah. Lamb can't guard a pot of plant. We've known that for forever, but sometimes it doesn't matter because McConnell can guard the best bench guard, and then Lamb's guarding a lemon or someone who's not that good, and then that's a little better. And Tory Craig's a good defender, and Justin Holland is a good defender, and Keelan Martin is a, a nosy on ball guy. And like, okay, yeah, like we have a bench lineup that kind of can stop other people. When McConnell's not there. Now it's like, okay, Keelan Martin can stop some guys and Jeremy Lamb can't stop anybody and Brad Wanamaker can't run sideways for a long time and all of a sudden any ball handler can get in the paint. And when those guys are all together, it's really bad. Like, like That's, I think, why Jeremy Lamb's people notice his defense so much is because he gets stuck in these lineups where he's asked to do a lot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when they're mixed in with starters, that's why this I think we've seen this month a lot of teams that can get to the rim really easily – in a way that that wasn't the case before. Like, they could go Brogdon McConnell for a few minutes, and yeah, that had some offensive hurdles that have been well-documented this season, but that was pretty strong defensively. Didn't put as much pressure on Miles in the back or let Domas play solo center a little more comfortably. Like, that kind of stuff is really important as well. And those defensive ripples have been have been noticeable as well, despite the fact that McConnell's defensive rating on its own has not been very good. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the defense has just been rough uh, to watch, especially. Um, I know it's there have been like spurts where it looks better, but I mean, even watching the Houston game again today, uh, they've been doing a lot more with sending nail pressure from the weak side um, to try and mitigate some of the issues at the point of attack. And even that, I mean, it hasn't been effective because guys are not great at doing it. Like Karras is often asked to do it. And as, as you know, Karras is probably the worst defender on the team, uh, given his minutes load. Like it just, it's not great. Unless uh, it's close. I, I, I like, I think it's lamb. It, I think it's lamb. Oh uh, yeah. It's probably lamb. But in terms of like, you know, top seven rotation, I think it's Karras. It, yeah, I mean, I Justin has not been the same guy this year defensively. Not at too, all. Um, which has been really rough. Um, like even just watching the Houston game again today, like I was like, Oh wow, this is this Justin of last year makes that rotation. Um, but I mean, exactly. Like, I think it's so frustrating because you watch this team and there are so many guys who you watch and like, okay, that guy can play defense. Like, I think he's he's an okay defender, at least average. But the problem is they just have nobody who can stop dribble penetration. Like, I thought maybe they thought Torrey Craig was going to be that guy. Um, that hasn't really just been the case this year. Like, he's better defending up a little bit, which honestly, it's not what it used to be. Like, he used to be much better defending smaller players. Um, hasn't been the case this year. Uh I do wonder if they would think about switching more, but that doesn't seem to be part of their ethos right now. Um, at least on well, you know, they were for a while too. I'm surprised they went away with from that when they I, lost a small yeah. guard. Especially considering, well, like even like looking at, again, like looking back at the Houston game. Obviously, they won it, but like they had so many issues just on ball screens early on. Yeah. Like I, I, one of the better ways, like if you have a lot of long guys, like if let's say, okay, if you don't play Brad Wanamaker, you have Lam, you know, Chris Duarte, uh, O'Shea. Miles and, and Tory Craig out there. Okay, well, you don't necessarily have a ton of lateral quickness, but you have a lot of guys with length. So maybe if you just switch, you can try and work on keeping things in front. Um, but the issue too is like the communication just has not been there, like we saw in years prior. Um, it's it's just like it feels like every time they start trying to solve something, something else comes up, and they're just never really able to fully get something going, which is very frustrating to watch. Yeah, they they got that one three win streak, but other than that, it's just like. Oh, he, this is cool. Oh, we lost it. Oh, this is yeah. nice. Oh, we forgot how to do it. Oh, we forgot how to drive again. And yeah, it's like, I think some of that is they just, they have some units and it's a different unit every game that just like forget how to play together sometimes mm-hmm. where they're, they're giving up these crazy 10-0 runs at the most random moments. And they, they used to, under McMillan and Bjorkren, Shout out to PBB stats, which I am referencing very often uh, on this podcast. But like you can take out they track like, okay, if the Pacers have four starters on the court, what's their net rating compared to other teams with four starters on the court? Right. And the Pacers used to be like, meh, with all five starters and then pretty good with four, three, two and one, whatever. This year, basically outside of two starters and even that's not that good. They're below average if you take any one starter or any two starters off the floor. And, like, they used to have this super good synergy with, like, McConnell and McDermott or McConnell and Holiday, and even that's just been okay, or McConnell Sabonis with a bunch of these other guys, and they don't have that at all this year, and that's kind of a result of, you know, Justin Holiday moving to the starting lineup and stuff like that. I think that's kind of hurt McConnell's effectiveness, but it's also hurt, you know, Brad Wanamaker's effectiveness or Carousel Vert playing with the bench effectiveness. It's like, wait, Carousel Vert's supposed to be playing in the second unit, and this is kind of a result of Warren being out, and they've had Karras miss time himself, and one of the bigs has missed games now. Like that. Oh, my second unit guys are who? Keelan Martin and and Tory Craig and Jeremy Lamb. Like we, we're not going to stop anybody. We're not going to score at all. Like even McConnell plus Sabonis is about an even this year. Like that's been pretty good, right? They just they can't turn to that bench as much, or they 
they have to use McConnell in different ways when he's in there. Like if they just had their full team, he'd obviously be more effective. But in turn, when he's out, you're getting worse versions of something that's already worse than it was last year. So the ripple effect is like Rick Carlisle just going, I don't know who to play. Well, yeah, and it's tough because a lot of it too is uh, like, I mean, they're just being played differently this year too. Like even when McConnell and Sabonis were together, it wasn't as effective and it wasn't on them in my opinion. Like I feel like a lot of it, and like we've talked about it too, um, like just the way that Domas has been utilized where they want to position it more has not, at least for for what we want to see offensively or, or what, we got accustomed to seeing offensively last year and in years prior, like it hasn't been the same, like, you know, he's still being used as a post hub, not the same amount, not in the same places that really get, you know, guys going downhill the way that I think we were used to. Um, so I think that's definitely played a part. And it's tough too. Cause like, even just thinking about Doug, like um, I think it got undersold how important Doug was to the team in some ways. Very undersold. Like uh, Chris Duarte and Justin holiday are the only movement shooters on the team. And they're, barely movement shooters. Chris Duarte like, is not a movement shooter. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he will <laughs> defenses will at least treat him like a movement shooter, but he's not going to hit the shots coming off movement. Right. Like he really struggles with that. He's much better doing something off of like a one or two dribble pull up. Um but like Justin can can come off of a pin down and hit a shot while going in motion. But even then like he's not the same kind of threat getting downhill. Like Doug really put that together last year and I mean that was killer. Um so like I think that's what makes it tougher too. Like I think if if they still had Doug um, and not to like rewrite history, but like I think you wouldn't see some of the same issues because teams are just so comfortable with like, okay, yeah, you're gonna try and do all of this stuff from the high post or out on the perimeter trying to go five out, but you're not really five out. We don't have to guard you like you're five out. So it's not really causing the same kind of shifts or anything. And it's, uh yeah, again, frustrating to watch. But I I kind of piled on the team too much for this, I think, because they don't have a lot of other options. But mm-hmm. like it was it was really funny for part of the season. This is not on McConnell or anybody and it. No one being out is the cause of this. But it's just like, all right, they give it to Sabonis in the high post and there's all these cool cuts and then double drag and they flip it over and then they kick it over to the wide open shooter in the corner. And it's Tory Craig. Like, yeah, you just ran this awesome set that worked great. You even made the defense bend and it doesn't matter because your shooter is Tory Craig and that that's going to hurt McConnell when he is playing or when he isn't playing. It's like, how can you be effective when you have to work really hard to set up an open three for Torrey Craig? Yeah. McDermott's a big factor. I should do a show on that in the future because I did say for the offseason, I thought he would get more money and be better than McConnell, but McConnell's more important because he needed a point guard, but they didn't get any other shooters with their limited resources outside of Torrey Craig. So that, that kind of hurt shot themselves in the foot in the shooting department. They're 27th in three point percentage. As we chat right now, yikes. You know the only player is that McConnell has a, a significantly high plus minus with? This stunned me. I Oh, okay. Then it's not Malcolm. I was going to guess Malcolm, <laughs> but it must not be Malcolm then because that would be too easy. Um, Stunningly high, not just kind of high. That's a great question. Ooh, is it? It's actually minus with Malcolm. It's not even positive at all. Wow. Okay. Is it? Is it Miles? It is, uh, it is not. It's neither big. Miles? It it's is neither uh, it big. Is, it is Karis Levert. Oh, well, okay. That that makes no I sense know. to me. That um, shocked me. That shocked me as well. They can't use Wanamaker plus Levert. I mean, I think they should a little bit and just have Wanamaker stand in the corner a little bit. Yeah, like maybe that could be. I think they're going to have that against the Bulls coming up tonight. And hopefully, since this is coming out the day after that game, people can look back and go, 
Wow. Look at these two genius guys. In <laughs> I, I mean, I would so much rather see Brad Wanamaker not dribble against uh, the, the Bulls backcourt. But yeah, yeah um, I'm trying to imagine him dealing with uh, Alex Crusoe. Is Alex playing? I think Alex. Alex Crusoe is out. Oh, oh he's out. Well, Lonzo. Yeah. No, Lonzo's out too. Jeez. Never yeah. mind. Okay. Maybe yeah. he does have a chance tonight. Who knows? This would be a ga- see, this would be a game where McConnell is awesome. Because the other team's point of attack defense is crap. Even with no shooters, you can break that down and make help happen when they don't have guys clogging the paint. And the, and the other last thing, beyond any stat we can measure, and I know that this, there's not like there's not a stat for this, but at the same time, it's kind of measured in plus minus. Like that's the point. Like your team did good because of this. Like energy, people are always like, oh, there's no stat for that. But it's like if it actually mattered and helped your team, that they they'd have a good. That rating or plus minus, right? Like that's how this works. If it's not impacting winning, then it doesn't matter. It's not a real thing. McConnell's energy has certainly helped the team in ways in the mm-hmm. past before they lost that. That they were a soul sucking team early this month, especially in the Atlanta game. They lost without him, and someone had to step up and fill that void. Voila! Welcome, Mister O'Shea Brissett. Hey guys, let's take a short little break to talk about two awesome groups of people. First up, the good folks over at BetOnline.ag who have you covered this holiday season with more props odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs, Colts and Purdue plan important games right now in football. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all that sports action this season. Head over to their website, use or use your mobile device to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. All you got to do is use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Let's also talk about Bill Bar, who's making the best tasting protein bars ever, 100% covered in chocolate, soft, easy to chew, delicious protein bars. And it's New Year time. Time for New Year's resolutions. If your plan is about getting fit or eating healthier, include Bill Bar in your plan. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. But way healthier, right? One most built bars have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar with twice as many calories and six times as much sugar and dozens of carbs. Built bars the way to go. 100% covered in real chocolate. Tons of listeners have told me they like them. You've got to try them, especially if you're a fan of working out. I've used them as a meal substitute or a snack substitute. You can do whatever you want. Try them. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your order. That promo code again is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Let's talk about O'Shea because he has really stepped up in, in the energy department. We've known that for forever. That guy's always waving his arms around and pumping up the crowd and diving all over the floor. And he's a good teammate, McGee, and he hops and skips every every time he scores. I love it. Um, but, you know, the, the big qu- thing with O'Shea, first of all, beyond energy is like, finally – they played him. Why did they sit this guy out for so long? Because they desperately needed his energy and they didn't get it at all. And I still am stunned that it took Rick Carlisle so long to be like, wow, he's actually good. Yeah. And I think it's it's kind of funny because just kind of harkening back a little bit to what we're talking about with TJ, what's been so hard to understand with this team has been that they just, I mean, it. I, I hate throwing out identity all the time, but like, I mean, the roles change so fluidly uh, on this team. And I think that's been really frustrating. It seems like it's been frustrating for guys because, like, I mean, even just looking through O'Shea's box scores, I mean, he went, he didn't, he DMP'd the first game, eight minutes the second game, and then he played 20 plus minutes the next three, and then was DMPing away a, a week later. And like now he's played 
double digit minutes for the last for the entire month of December. Um, and it's like shocking. Like when you actually give a guy a chance to, to hit shots, he will hit shots. And I think I don't know, like that's part of what's been really dif- difficult and frustrating with the team because it almost feels like they know that they have too many guys or they feel like they have too many guys and they are trying to figure out how to get all of them to work. But in the process of doing it, you're making it harder for them to work because they're not getting a consistent role. Um, and O'Shea, like you mentioned, I mean, he's just been awesome. Like, like I think I was tweeting this immediately in like the first and second game and Tom got on me for it. But I was like, how is O'Shea Brissett not in the rotation after what we saw last year? He's right. really, really damn good at summer league too. Um, like I just, I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. I didn't understand it. I, I like, I got to a degree like, okay, Tory Craig is, is here. He's your new free agency signing. You think he's the guy who's going to solve some of your defensive issues, but find a way to play O'Shea Brissett too. Having guys who are six, seven that can do multiple things on court while being a positive. It's a good thing. Um, would you like, I think, would you like an O'Shea minute stat? I would love an O'Shea minute stat. What, what's the Pacers record when he plays more than 25 minutes? Uh, it's got to be above 500. Uh, it is 4-0. It, it, they're undefeated when he plays more than 25 minutes. When he plays more than 20 minutes, they're exactly 500, which is not as good. Somewhere in that five-minute range, things it's go still on. Good. It's still it's better. It's still good. still better than 14-19 and 19 where they are right now, whatever they are after the Bulls game. I don't know. But regardless, they won't be 500 after that game. Like Clearly, playing him is good, and I, I was stunned it took so long. And The energy thing has certainly helped in the absence of McConnell a little bit. Like The bench is still like giving it their all and not this lethargic group that they had. Like they had some games when O'Shea wasn't playing yet. I remember the Brooklyn game when like Tory Craig gave them everything mm. where their second unit was garbage besides Tory Craig just randomly hit scoring like 26 or 28. Yeah. He had a career high, didn't he? Yeah. It was an un- <laughs> <unreal> <laughs> was so wild, right? They had some just stinky bench games in that stretch. And then even after McConnell got hurt, he played not as much like right after that too. He's really stepped up this month. He's been a big part of their resurgence recently. Like they still quietly won like six of their last nine or ten, and he's been a part of that. He's a pl- positive plus minus almost all those games. He he's their first sub a lot of the time now. Like he brings out one of the centers and plays with the starters. It's amazing that he's f- somewhat covered for the stuff McConnell's not giving you, and that he wasn't playing given that he is better than Tory Craig to me. He was before the season started, but now he's like he's hitting his threes again. His defense is really versatile. Like when he is in, they switch a little bit more. Then when he's not in, because he's got the size to do so, and he's quick, like it's just really remarkable that he wasn't playing. And it's yeah. good that he's playing not only because he's good, but also because, as became a running joke on this podcast, like for a team that might be rebuilding, he's twenty three. He's the youngest. He's like the third youngest guy on the team. Like he should be playing every game, regardless. If you're going to focus on the future with these young guys, just stick him in the game. He helps mitigate the McConnell loss for the next months that's a long time he's actually good he's your first sub off the bench for a reason it's it's remarkable that as recently as like less than a month ago when you're listening to this on the 28th of december he got a dnp on november 29th so within a month he was not playing it's remarkable how his season's turned around and how important he's become to a team that decided you know what we're just not going to play you sometimes well it's just so funny too because i mean so much of like i mean like rick didn't come out and say like this is the system we want to run but like I mean, it's so clear they wanted guys who could do everything. Like, every, they, they be egalitarian, play in an egalitarian way. And, like, O'Shea was the only guy who I think you could come out and say can do all that stuff. Like, can play defense uh, in multiple ways, uh, can drive a little bit, can pass. Like, he's not a great passer, obviously. I mean, like, his his box score is is kind of belittling of how he is as a passer. Like, he's good at – if yep. okay. Like, even just, like, again, going back to the Houston game – 
great at getting paint touches off of closeouts and kicking to the corner. Like there are so many, like how often have we seen Keelan Martin actually consistently do that? I don't mean that to like be rude to Keelan, but like it's just simple intermediate plays that I think the team has really missed out on for most of the year. And having him actually being able to do that, like that's huge because Torrey Craig is actually a solid passer, but he doesn't draw closeouts like that. Like he's okay. He's not a great decision maker. But he reads the game quickly. Like yeah. he's good at the pop point five roll stuff. I guess that's a good. Yeah. Good like he's good that. at that, but like he doesn't. I mean, he's not good enough to really show that because right. he doesn't have the handle. People don't close out on him like he's a shooter, and I still don't think O'Shea's quite there. But I mean, shooting forty three percent since he's been playing double digit minutes this this month. Um, teams are starting to treat him like he's a shooter, and he can attack that. And and like. You just miss that. Yep. He's like one of the few role players who can actually build off of what, um, you know, what some of the starters are actually doing, and that's been huge. It was funny in summer league when all the coverage was like, "Hey, look, O'Shea's dribbling!" Like that didn't happen last year. <laughs> yeah. And then this season, he didn't dribble at all. Then in December, we're like, "Oh yeah, remember that thing?" He <laughs> yeah, he can do that well? still. Holy he crap! He can still do that. How how cool is that? And the last thing that he's done really well. The offensive rebounds, he didn't do that at all last year either. Like, he's come in and saved some possessions, like, out of complete nowhere. It's been stunning to see that. I forget which game it was last week. Uh, I can't remember. I wish I knew. Uh, It was either the Knicks or the Wizards where he, like, saved the game or it was getting close a few times. He's like, no, I'm going to get a huge offensive rebound and keep us in it. And that kind of reflects the energy again of replacing McConnell, but also just no one on the team. Like, they've been an awful rebounding team from their perimeter guys for a while. Like, mm. outside of their bigs, no one is going for that. Like, hardly ever. Torrey Craig's a pretty good rebounder, I suppose, but they don't really get that a lot from guys, so that's been really huge for them as well. He's got an offensive rebound in every game except for the one McConnell got hurt in for this whole month. Like, that, that's just an, a free extra possession. His plus minus in this month is very good. Like, he – I've been leaning on crappy stats a lot today, but he has been good this month, and it's been a huge turnaround for the Pacers. Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, I think – I you know the the last thing I think I can even add to that is just even just defensive rotations. I think he's been fantastic already. Like yep. he's been a little bit better um playing on smaller guys. They've they've tried that more with him, even like again, going back to the Houston game. Like I don't mean to keep referencing the same game, but he's been a little bit better guarding guards, smaller wings this year. He's still not great at it. He's better doing stuff, you know, as a ro- rotations guy, as a low man. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I just I think it's just a little bit depressing that it took two months to to be like, oh yeah, O'Shea's a rotation guy. Like we didn't see that last year, but um, yeah, I agree. Like his energy's just been awesome. He's been one of the few bright spots for me in watching the games. I don't mean to sound like dreary, but it, it has been very rough basketball, even with them winning some recent games. Um, just with everything that's come out, it's made it a lot less uh, exciting to uh, to try and view stuff. So seeing him attack the way that he has and um, his post-game drip, as always, too. Um, it's great. Yeah, the glasses were great. He brought a ball to one post-game session. Just a cool dude. I'm rooting yeah. for him. And if you want to root for Mark Schindler, you can follow him <laughs> on Twitter at MSchindlerNBA. Mark, where can people follow all your stuff? I'll let you do that instead of me doing it for you. Well, I appreciate it, Tony. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm very active there, uh, probably more active than I need to be at times. But uh, I write over at Basketball News doing national coverage. Uh, I have a podcast called Tag the Roll, which is – Strictly on the NBA draft and draft prospects. Um, find me over at Indy Cornrows. I host the pod there. Have not written there in a while because it has been a very busy season. Um, and then also at 137, I do some freelance stuff as well. But yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a blast. If you have internet access, just search Mark Schindler. That's probably the easiest <laughs> there way. Is a, there is a retired U.S. Army general named Mark Schindler who oh, appears well, right after me. So well, to, to be fair. 
You know the I'm show's at Locked on Pacers, and I am at T East NBA. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Hornets and some other general topics. Mark, thank you for the time, sir. I appreciate it. I just army saluted you every time. <laughs> the general, that was unintentional. Oh, Hope everybody had a great, a great day, uh, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>